welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Freedom Unfolding podcast. Freedom Unfolding is an inclusive, holistic community that offers education, options, and inspiration to find your truth, find your voice, and find your freedom. I'm so excited to be here with you today for this very special podcast episode where we will be talking about perseverance and the importance of self-care. My name is Sarah of Loving Light. I'll be your host for today's episode. I'm an integrative health practitioner who incorporates energetic bodywork, clinical hypnotherapy, and trauma-sensitive technique to support my clients remembering their wholeness, inner strength, and resiliency. We have a very special guest today. We have Jimmy of Advanced Massage Arts and Education. Jimmy is an incredible master teacher with a wide range of experience in holistic health modalities, ranging from massage, Reiki, and cranial to marketing and creating a business. Jimmy's specialty school presents massage therapy courses designed to elevate the skill set of therapists. Courses at his school include energy work, pathology, and body work. He's also, to be honest, one of the most genuine and kind humans that I've had the privilege of meeting in my life. And so I'm very honored that he's here with us today. And I also appreciate that he shares and values inspiration and a grounded perspective in his classes and in his social media. So thank you, Jimmy, for being here. It's so great to join with you today. Well, I appreciate this time very much. I love your podcast. I love what you share. This message needs to be heard by more. So, so thank you for what you do. Yes, wonderful. Awesome. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself, about what you do? Yeah, I've been a massage therapist for 20 and going strong. And the very first class we're about energy work. Um, as the years have gone by, I've become more clinical in body work, but I'm always going to hold true to my energy work roots. So the Chinese medicine, the shiatsu-based massage, uh, Thai massage, learning about chakras and Ayurvedic medicine and such. Uh, one of my favorite classes of all was to teach the Ayurvedic class at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts recently, and that was Again, those kind of classes really make jazz me up. I feel like the, the earth and the human body already possesses everything we need. And I just want students and my clientele to feel that and understand that. Awesome. I totally value and appreciate that message. And it's such um, a valuable thing to be presenting people with the option and opportunity to remembering their wholeness and that their body is a mechanism that holds such great potential for their health and well-being. So I appreciate you sharing that message in the world. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, and my, my mission in life is simply to educate and to help uplift and support others. So let's talk about that today. Awesome. Yes. So I was looking and thinking about perseverance before our podcast and the, this idea of persevering is persisting and doing something despite difficulty and delay and challenge and just having that consistency. How have you seen perseverance show up in your daily life? You know, I get to work with clients every day and I see it in their bodies and in their dispositions. So as we talk about perseverance, I have to remember that there, I've gone through my own learning curve in life. And as I present now, as I speak to you, Sarah, and that I've gone through a certain learning curve and many of our listeners are still in the midst of their learning curve. So I hope that as people are listening, they recognize that I'm coming from a very sensitive place of, I know it's easy for me to speak these words when someone out there might be thinking, does he really understand? I have been there before. I've been down in my luck. I've been downtrodden before. And I feel like I've had to do a lot of growth and learning and persisting in life. And I'm able to come out the other side 
like a lotus flower, which will give an example of why I bring up lotus flowers pretty soon. <laughs> but uh, long story short, I know it's, it can be difficult for someone hearing a podcast like this if they feel like they're kind of in the midst of the muck of life and they're looking for kind of like some inspiration. Well, please know that our body, if you're listening now and you feel this way, that your body already knows what to do. The mind, ego may not. But the body itself, your true soma, your true essence, your soul itself knows what to do already. And so the intention of this podcast, I think, today is to help people kind of discover that within themselves. Uh, it doesn't take a magic uh, guru answer today. There's no external source that is necessary. Yes, there's people who can help along the way. But in the end, we'll always know that inside our cellular innate anatomy, innate intelligence, we possess all the answers we need. So that's my intention with persistence is really knowing that the power is within already. We just have to hopefully inspire someone to feel that today. Beautiful. I definitely already feel inspired for sure. And I love that because it's something that when we are feeling, and I've had this in my life too, when you're so in the deep, dark hole of um, disease or illness or challenge, it feels like there's absolutely nothing outside works and you've tried everything sometimes. And so it's really important to have that remembering that internally when we return to our center and our true nature and have that remembering of our, our soul essence and our innate intelligence that there is a force, that vitality, that life force that lives within ourselves and our being the anatomy of just the human body there's a force that allows it to heal and return to wholeness so i think it's so good to remind people of that even if it's hard to hear and it's hard to believe there's some part of us in each of the human being that will will hear that and receive that at a deeper level and be like oh yeah there's a part of me that knows how to heal here that's right. In the end, we are beings of light and love. That's what Reiki taught me. That's what I teach my Reiki students, is we are beings of light and love. As I think back, I wish I would have known that 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I, I feel like that would have been nice to know back then, because back then, certainly life wasn't quite working out for me. And I, I think, you know, these days, I'm in a position in life where a lot of people might look up look up to me. And I recognize that and I realize some people might kind of wonder, hey, how did he get there? Well, it wasn't easy by any means. And there's a lot of persistence, uh, but persistence does pay off. And I had to, I had to recognize about 15 years ago, you know, life, 20 years ago, I'll say years ago, life really wasn't working out. And I had to kind of wonder why. And I used to, you know, maybe blame other people. Oh, it's her fault, his fault, hers fault, that fault. But then I had to really take a step back and say, okay, this lot in life, what, how did I get here? It wasn't until I asked that question, let's turn the mirror back upon myself and, and see what am I doing? What am I putting out in the world? And I recognized that I needed to make a change. That the change within me. My mind, ego kept saying, it's her fault, fault, his fault, her fault. Um, but really, I had to kind of recognize it really is about, you know, what am I putting out in the world? What energy am I carrying and projecting out? And once, once I started to learn holistic arts, like Reiki, uh, I include that in my daily life. Then I recognized that I was becoming more in alignment with my essence.
The mind ego might take you out of essence, out of alignment, but the soul, your true self, will always kind of steer you back via your intuition. So when I stopped listening to all the external chatter and I started to listen to the internal intuition, I fully believe that intuition is the language of the soul. So that's when, at that, at that point in time, I'll say about 14 or about 14 years ago is when I finally started to listen to my intuition. And I recognized that persistence uh, through the hard times was really kind of got me through uh, the mental fortitude, the ability to kind of say, you know, I know that even though life is not working out now, there's a way to make it work. We just need to find that formula. But I had to recognize that even all, even if I read all the books in the world, all the, and this might sound familiar to some Reiki masters, Master Usui went through his 10-year quest, as they say, reading books galore, and it just didn't seem like he found the answers yet. But then it was until he found a means uh, to look within himself and self-reflect, that's when alignment came. And I think I had a very similar moment in life. And since then, life is kind of working out. <laughs> it is. But it really did take, you know, looking at myself in the mirror and recognizing, you know, where, what's my role and where are the answers? They're within. They really are within. That's so beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that little bit of your journey with us. And I think that's so true that a lot of times it is easy to look out and to blame outside things. And it can be hard to look internally. I think when we look internally too, there's an importance for self-compassion and grace and understanding because sometimes we can be a little hard on ourselves when we do turn that mirror inward and be like, wait a second, what am I doing with my energy, with my daily activity? How are my thoughts you know, creating and manifesting in reality in this moment. And so I'm curious when it comes to looking inward and if for someone who might be just starting that practice, like what is it like and how do we allow ourselves to have grace and understanding in that moment just to evaluate without tearing ourselves down? Like to be like, what's, what's, let's, let's be an observer and a witness in the moment without totally uh blaming our own self then for all the things that are happening i think there's two answers that come to mind one is separating ourselves from electronics mm -hmm. uh, i think i think it might be good for some people to take a break from social media it seems like social media can just feed us with what should be what's supposed to be what is right what, how, what should i look like what should i act like how much bling should i have you know things like that keep keep scrolling on the instagram and scrolling on the social media walls and so I think it's healthy for some people to kind of do a cleanse of their life, maybe cleanse social media, even maybe cleanse some people for a while saying, mm -hmm. hey, we're friends, but you know what? I need some quiet solitude time. I need time to myself just to self-evaluate, create some healthy boundaries in that way. Uh, the other side answer that is, is the idea of living a loving kindness to ourselves. Mm -hmm. As they would say in the Ayurvedic world, the idea of metta meta loving kindness as they say in the yoga world especially i think i think you know once i learned yoga as well as reiki it seemed like that was two combinations of things help keep me grounded in life and just the ability to look at yourself and have loving kindness toward yourself is really important um, again, easier said than done at times because the mind, ego, when I say ego, I don't mean like egotistical. I simply mean the part of the mind that separates. 
There's an ego in us that says, me and you are different, Sarah. Your name is Sarah. My name is Jimmy. You're a girl. I'm a boy. We're different. Like that's, that's the ego at play there. So when, when the mind ego is at play, it's really easy to, for that part to compare. And we have to kind of, kind of uh, reevaluate and say, there's no need to compare. Let's just treat myself with the loving kindness I deserve. And if it's hard to find that space, then I would always suggest that someone just writes down a list of three things they like about themselves. It doesn't have to be love, but just three things you like about yourself. It can be as, as just simple as, hey, I like my hair. Great. And we're starting somewhere. So again, this, the ability to kind of start small and just find little things to like, then maybe it becomes little things to love. And then we're treating ourselves very different. Beautiful. I love that. I love that little tool. And I found the same in Ayurveda and in yoga, that loving kindness and in the Reiki principles even too. I, whenever I think about the Reiki principles, when I first learned them, that Reiki principle of always being kind, kind to all living beings, just for today, I'll be kind. And so I love that idea of writing just three things, little tiny things. I recently, I, I posted that on on Facebook to see if people would be willing to say a few little things they liked about themselves. And I noticed that when I'm in a really down place, it's hard to think of things. And so I have to imagine sometimes, what would I say to a friend? If I pretend that I'm my own best friend, you know, someone who, who really, really loves somebody. So it's really easy for me to say wonderful things about my best friend. So let's say I'm my own best friend. How, what would my best friend say about me? Indeed. And then, then I can make, make that list. So sometimes even starting there and then we can work our way up to, you know, saying, well, what do I really like about myself? And then what do I really love to myself? And then even, you know, Louise Hayes mirror work, we can get to that point where we can look in the mirror and say, I love you. I appreciate you. I honor and accept you as you are. So yeah. the, there's different phases. And so wherever you are at, if wherever the audience is listening, wherever phase you're at, just know that it, you're allowed to be there. And we appreciate and honor the struggle and the challenge that comes with that, but that it's worth it. It's worth it to do that work for yourself. It really is. I have a little analogy to share with that soon, but what you were saying is so great because I, I think if anyone is in need of assistance in this regard, that finding healthy friends is super important. Friends that will uplift. And so you might have just someone who you just text every day to say, hey, you're my texting friend who can keep me accountable with loving myself. Yeah, definitely. I think that, and I think that having people like you said, surrounding you helps you with perseverance because being consistent in your life takes a lot of, just like you said, that mental fortitude, that resiliency and having yourself anchored into people that you can have a trusting bond with who you know will be there, even if it's just one person. I've, I've read some studies that say in terms when it comes to trauma recovery and recovering from PTSD, there's a huge benefit of having one person, even just one, that you know will be supportive, that will be loving and caring and kind to you. And that could change somebody's whole life in terms of trauma recovery. So I totally love that, that you brought that up. And then energy always follows intention. We know that to be true. <laughs> If I could share a quick analogy here, you know, sometimes we look at people in general, it could be on social media or just people that you admire in life and say, wow, they have their stuff together. Hope that comes through good audience.
<laughs> and you kind of wonder, you know, why, how did that happen? Is it, is it, was it easy for that person or whatnot? And uh, I mean, sure, some people may have had it easier than others, uh, but at the same time, everyone has had to go through their learning, discovering their gifts and learning how to manage their time, manage their resources. So again, a friend that can help guide you in those ways can be a great resource. I want to bring up is the lotus flower and Sarah have you seen have you seen a lotus flower before yes definitely I love them I love the lotus flower so much indeed lotus flowers are so lovely we, we see the the representation on the surface of the water the Chinese would call that the shen the beauty that's displayed by the lotus but we don't always see the long stem that travels all the way down to the water bed and we know that lotus flowers usually grow in the murkiest of waters. It won't be in clean, healthy waters. Typically, they typically grow in the murkiest of waters. That's why they're so prevalent in some nations that are considered third world nations, not the healthiest water supplies, but they are growing and thriving in murky waters where other plants cannot grow. I think the lotus flower is such a brilliant example of the human condition. The human condition that says, even through the murkiest of waters, even through the murkiest of times in life, even when life just doesn't feel good, doesn't look good, it just feels like I'm stuck in life. This water might feel muddy and dirty and just not really that nice to be in. We can still stem which is growing because of the chi that flows through our lives and through our bodies. And hey, that chi can continue to grow with persistence and continued effort. That stem can continue to grow that dirty, murky water and eventually find the surface. Find the surface, that's when the world may see the representation of us, the result of all our hard work. They didn't quite see the years, potentially years and years of growth and growth and growth. I've been able to see that with many clients. I love seeing oh, my clients have done the work, gone through their learning curves in life. They've persisted really well. And people say, you're so amazing. Everything you do, awesome. You didn't see the 10 years to get there. <laughs> but certainly, it's, it's amazing how social media can't show that. It's really, we're, we're, just, we're the Shen representations of our efforts. But please know that the lotus flower might be something that someone might want to have on their wall, on their desktop, pictures around their apartment, just uh, lotus flowers everywhere as a good kind of symbol grow like the lotus flowers that's so beautiful i absolutely love that analogy and just to like summarize what you're saying it's so important to remember that when we meet people in life when we see them on social media when we see that instagram famous person that that is just a snapshot of who they are in that moment but we don't get to really see all that background work we don't get to see where they are in their learning curve, like you said, and we don't get to have the awareness that it might have taken 10 years of struggle to get to that point. So having that reminder um, in hypno, we call it an anchor. So if you can anchor into that idea of the lotus flower and just remember it as a picture or on your phone, something to just be like, oh yeah, I'm still on my learning curve. And so I'm blossoming into that lotus flower. I'm blossoming 
and remembering not to compare yourself to the other flowers. Indeed, indeed. We all carry a light within us, and it's all a beautiful, everyone possesses a beautiful light within, and there's no need to ever compare ourselves. I think the more that we compare, it creates division. So that's why I'm just kind of a big fan of uh, limiting social media, if we can. I keep going back to that point, because I'm not sure if it's helped or harmed us in our society. Maybe it's a good business tool for some, but for I think for others, it may have actually contributed into a, a, a lack of well-being. And I have to remember that persistence is a little easier when I do feel whole. So before we even kind of get into like, how can I persist through this hard time? I need to work on myself. And are there pieces of me that need to be addressed? Because ultimately it's me, myself, and I looking at myself in the metaphorical mirror that that's where the change will come. Uh, yes, yes, self-care books and such. You know, I'm actually working on a book here with a colleague, uh, a book on staying healthy when you travel. It's going to be called Fit in the Fast Lane. So can't wait to you know, debut that. And that book is going to have great advice. At the same time, I don't want someone to say, well, you know, Jimmy G and his co-author have all the answers for me. We have some guidance we can offer. This could be with any textbook that you read, any great website that you read. You know, great, great advice, great counsel and guidance. But ultimately, it's about how do I assimilate this knowledge and guidance? How do I use it? Only I can do that if I feel whole. So I just need to work on how, what aspect of wholeness do I need to focus on? Is that my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health, my social health? I believe that's a thing. Is it occupational health? Is it sexual health? Is it spiritual health? There's all aspects of self that really need to be addressed. And once we start improving, addressing those areas, we feel whole. And then those efforts to be persistent, I think, become easier. Mm, I love that. I think that's definitely key. And I think that it's so great that you were able to break down the different areas because that helps people evaluate more easily instead of just feeling like, oh, I feel off. Something's wrong. You know, something's, something's not going right. And if we were able to, you know, make a pie chart or make a grid and just evaluate ourselves in each area and say, okay, where am I in this place? And if there's a place that I need uh, assistance what is one tiny thing I could do every day to help build up that resiliency and that wholeness to help, you know, fill in that pie chart or fill in that graph. I know for me, one very small thing that I, that's really helped me in terms of physicality, uh, even in terms of feeling centered and in my groundedness is just putting my feet on the grass. And I notice if I just put my feet on the grass, not with any music or any, meditation or anything but just putting my feet on the grass maybe holding you know my hand to a tree there's something that happens where that uh toroidal field and all of those ions will transfer with the earth and i feel like uh, i'm almost getting flushed out and refreshed and recentered and rebalanced and that only can take you know five minutes for someone to just be like okay i'm gonna put my feet on the grass i'm just gonna be here in the moment for just five minutes And it doesn't have to be this huge, like, oh, I'm taking a retreat and I'm going to, you know, live in an ashram for 30 days in India and then I'll be fine. (laughs) It can just be five minutes a day with your feet in the grass. And those little things will build up, like you said, will build up your wholeness, your resiliency and allow you to be persistent with your perseverance. Yes. And being patient with yourself 
is so important because it does take time. It does take effort. At the end of the day, I think we can look back and say uh, our biggest regrets might be the lack of time or loss of time. Mm. So I think if there's any one aspect I can say that can maybe be a motivating statement is we don't want to look back 10 years from now and say 10 years ago, I was talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And we did absolutely nothing about it. I think that would be a, a big regret most people would have. So even like, even like you said, Sarah, just even just a few minutes a day, will be a great, great gesture. That could be reading a book, reading a book that you know is uplifting spiritually. Uh, energy does follow intention so no matter what we choose there should be some intention behind it uh, and having something that can help to to bring positive light and love be really careful of course you know the friends that we keep and the habits that we have you know we know that some people might pull us away from our healthy habits it might take a value to you know who's in my life is this person preventing me or not uh, so you have to kind of like that a little bit and see okay where can I apply that time where can I schedule that time into my day if I have to even put it in my own calendar that's okay it's healthy that we do have just that, that daily effort because we look back and say 10 years of daily effort wow we're gonna go places for sure there's just no no question that we're gonna progress in life and and it might not even feel like efforts, but just those little efforts will lead to a long a long run a bit major change I love that. I love the small consistencies because it's true. Like in the beginning, it might feel hard. The tiny little practice that you pick might feel like a, a big deal, but then after doing it for 30 days or 90 days or a year, it's going to feel like nothing. And so it will get easier over time. It will just become a habit and something that just reinforces us instead of is a drudgery. And so it reminds me of that quote. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. It's Earl Nightingale. I thought of this and I remember it, he says, don't give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. That's and great. so if we think that there's going to be this, oh, it's going to take me so long to do that. Realistically, the time is going to go by. And so even if it's just a few minutes a day, that's going to be adding towards your dream, towards your goal, towards that thing that you really feel like is right for you in the moment your intuition is telling you, hey, this is something that we need to do and that time's going to pass. So why not spend a small fraction of it just doing something small, building towards that every day? And I, and I find that a lot of people end up, they start five minutes, they get to 10 minutes, and they get to 20 minutes and 30 minutes, and it becomes almost effortless at that point. I find that with some people, persistence can be difficult. And what I've observed just in my just empirical observation of students and clients over the years is the company that people choose, the people they choose in their life, is a major determinant on persistence and success in the long run. Mm. I've known many people who I know they had the talent, they have the gifts and graces. Unfortunately, they did not have the people to support them and the people in their lives kind of pulled them away. So I would definitely want to encourage any listeners out there to kind of think about, you know, who do we choose to keep company with? Uh, and if we you know, had a Friday night free, who would I invite over on a Friday night? Are they going to help bring me to my goals in life or are they not? Yeah. end of the day, again, we have to make those choices on who and what energy we choose to enter our life. Mm. I love that, Jimmy. And I love that that goes into what you talked about intention too. 
And so I've heard that thing where they say the top five people that you spend the most time with is who you become. Like I've heard things that they've talked about that in studies and, and, and kind of like social experiments. And so if we hold the intention of who we want to be, where we want to be, what kind of person do I want to be in the world? How do I want to get there? And then we can see the top five people that we spend our time with. And even if it's just shifting our intention of the type of person that I want to spend my time with, like maybe you think in your life right now and you actually don't know anybody who is having the job that you want or living the life that you would like or having the attitude and the wholeness, the vitality, the health that you would want for yourself. So maybe just holding that intention to have a spot for somebody in your life that is that, I think that I've found over time that people will get drawn to you in your life. Like when you have that, your energy, like you said, your energy follows thought. And so if we have that energy, if we have those thoughts, there's going to be space created in our life. And sometimes like right now we're in a new moon phase. And so it's a good time to evaluate. It's a good time to release things and then decide what space am I holding? And what intention am I holding for the people that I interact with? Where am I allowing my energy, my resources to go in my daily interactions with people? Now, Sarah, you're asking people to change, though, and that can be really challenging. That's the hard thing is we are certainly are giving a lot of good ideas and perspectives, mm -hmm. uh, but at the end, change does not always feel good. Change can be a little scary because we get into comfort zones. And I know that the comfort zone can feel and cozy, and it sure did for me. But I remember a few years ago, I was six years ago, I was working for another company, and it was a full-time gig, and I thought, oh, it's comfortable. But I thought, you know, I'm not really coming and getting any closer to my goals and dreams. So mm -hmm. I remember my kids were very young at the time, like two and three years old. That's it. And my, a lot of my friends saying, why would you quit your full-time job with benefits? You have two babies at home. That's a stupid decision. Well, you know, I just also recognize that there's a certain energy that that's, that particular company kind of held and I wasn't healthy in that company. I think that was the it was, I was not healthy at all in any regards. And I had to kind of like persist in a different manner then. But long story short, I remember having that moment of saying, you know what, even though I'm going to have a, a hit on my income for a while, it's going to it'll be a change in my life, certainly. Um, it, it's going to be comfortable. Uh, then I went for my private practice, just decided to cut ties with the full-time position and just kind of went full force with the main business. It was scary. I mean, my income did take a hit at first, of course. And I know that's scary for some people to hear and feel. At the same time, you know, maybe we had great support with people, great support, uh, ensuring that we had a good support network before I just cut the ties, of course. That's how we mentioned the people before is who's in your life. You have people for you when life shifts. Because shift happens, and when that shift happens, we got to have people to support us. But in the end, I think it was easier to assist those initial hard times of a lack of income just because I knew I was on the right track. There was I could have a confidence knowing that I was pursuing goals and dreams. I think the number one mistake people that was they they put their daydream too early, so to say. They kind of stop too soon before they give themselves enough time to develop their business. Mm, I love that reminder is that there will 
be time that it takes and that it will not necessarily just come in an instant. I think our culture is very much wanting a magic pill or an instant fix and immediate gratification. And so it is good, to, like you said, to create a nest almost of safety and nurturing around you so that you will be supported in your goals, that you can be working towards that. And I really honor that you had that initiative and that courage. I think it takes a lot of bravery and trust in order to decide like, hey, this is, you know, the life that I'm, that I have. And if I want to be doing something else and being surrounded in an environment that feels healthy to me, then what change do I need to make? And how can it be as gentle and graceful as possible? How can it be nurturing and supportive and loving versus drastic and scary? And uh, it reminds me of, of Brene Brown when she talks about um, that courageous bravery and going into the arena moments in your life and deciding that you can fall back on your character and grace and that compassion of yourself. And I think that people don't value enough that feeling of health in an environment, like you said, the company you were in, you didn't feel healthy in there. And then when you have your own practice and you're doing exactly what you, what you want to be doing every day, that vitality, that life force is so much more potent and powerful. And there's no way to quantify that in terms of, of money or resource, or it, it's almost like something intangible that people don't realize isn't in their life until they find it. So that's really beautiful that you brought that up. Yeah. There's something to be said about, you know, persistence we hope leads to success, right? And uh, there's something I kind of want to ask. Have you ever seen a Lamborghini car commercial on TV? I think so. I think I've seen those, yeah. Lamborghini, you know, they're, they're, there's like, you know, fancy cars. There's not very, uh, not as often as like a typical Toyota or Honda anyway. I mean, if those, if those commercials are on TV, it's very, very rare. You see a lot of commercials for Toyota, Honda, the basic cars. But for like your like top of the line, the Mercedes-Benz perfect model, you don't see a lot of commercials on TV for those, uh, for like the fanciest sports cars. And then you don't see a lot of commercials typically because again, the people buying those cars are not watching TV. Mm. Mm moment because again persistence also has us evaluate how do we use our precious time and resources and yes we all need downtime we all need balance of course we need balance in life at the same time we do need at some point evaluate how much time am i spending on tv or on computer and is there a way we can kind of balance out those efforts the fun efforts uh, with hard work efforts here i think a lot of that to my willingness to learn. Again, I'm gonna put the mirror back on myself here as I speak about this, the willingness to learn and recognize that we're always works in progress and we always need to be in a space of, of learning more and, and we're never gonna know it all. I think in our industry, Sarah, with the human body, there's all these mysteries about the human body we can always learn more about. Every client's body is a mystery, and I'm exploring their body and discovering this for their body. So there's something about the willingness to learn. I have noticed a lot of people over the years may not have that same zest for learning. A lot of people um, are may try to say, well, I don't have to take classes 
and they're right. They don't have to. You're right. Totally right. I don't have to uh, invest any more into my education. You're right. You got your basic hours. Awesome. But at the end of the day, I think the most successful people in life are the people who choose to do more than bare minimum. There's something about that. And as a, my listeners are hearing this, again, I know that might strike a chord with some people. And I'm intentionally doing that because at some point we will never know it all. And we should never think that we know, know it all. But to be persistent towards a goal, uh, there has to be a sense of want to learn more, want to be better. And without that, that kind of inkling of continual learning and education, it can be difficult for someone to persist to the point that they need to. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because I think that that can also be an indicator to you too, if you're in the right field. I think that if somebody's in a field where they're just not interested in learning anything more or doing anything other than bare minimum, it might be maybe interesting to just say, hey, am I passionate about something else? Is there anything else that I'm more passionate about? Because I've found in my life that if I have a passion for something, I'll go and get it. It's like, I want this because it's actually feeding me and nourishing me. It's not something that is constantly removing from my energy tank. It's like adding to it. And so I think that that's important too when we're going after something that we have passion for and when we choose activities that will actually nourish us. And I think a lot of times, like you said, people want downtime, they want rest because there's so much exhaustion in the world, especially in this dynamic season that we're in. Everything can feel chaotic and exhausting. And so people are looking towards, you know, binging Netflix or, um, you know, certain maybe substances that might be helping them feel better. And at the same time, there are options that are actually going to nourish you to the point where you don't need seven hours of TV to feel fine. You could have one hour of sitting by the pool or being out in nature or, going for a walk, something that will actually lift you and lift your consciousness and on every field, your spiritual, your mental, your emotional, and that way it won't take so long to to need a break. You'll just need smaller amounts of time doing something more potent and powerful. And I think that's super valuable to think about as well. Finding the joy in what we do in life is such a valuable thing, isn't it? Yeah. In the field that we're in and the environment that we're in, the people we get to meet, you know, holistic minded people, people who are interested in health and wellness and healthcare, it just, it's, it's easier perhaps for us in our field. I understand if someone's an accountant looking at numbers all day, numbers may not be as sexy, but at the same time, if being an accountant and just want to learn more about that trade, do it, do it. That's the, that's the, that's my goal. My intention of this statement is just the idea of no matter what you do, find the good and what you have. And you don't have to be a certain guru on a mountaintop to, to share something valuable. I bet that there's an accountant out there that can share some brilliance with Tara. I hope that they write into your podcast email and your show one day and say, Hey, here's the brilliance I have to share as an accountant. Yes. <laughs> I love that. 
everyone, everyone has gifts and graces. Everyone has the means to act these gifts and graces within us. And, and I hope that as listeners are listening to this today, that they're finding some spark and some inspiration to say, hey, maybe I can include this interest of mine into my work. If I love learning about crystals or healing, can I incorporate that into my work at all? in any way. I bet you can. Uh, people might listen and say, oh, Sarah and Jim are about Reiki. Where can I take a Reiki class? Where can I learn more about this and add to my daily life? And do it. I do it. Reiki was first learned, first and foremost, for self-healing. So I encourage everyone about holistic healing. You have to be a massage therapist per se to learn about holistic healing. Anyone can. So I encourage anyone listening to kind of find a chakra alignment, cranial of their reflexology, Reiki, zero balancing, Traeger method, Feldenkrais. The list goes on and on. There's so many great healing means. So anyone listening, reach out to your peers, reach out to holistic-minded people, ask them for, you know, what do you do for holistic care? Do you do essential oils? Do you do breath work? Do you do yoga? Where can I learn this? That's where it starts. And then as we incorporate those healthy activities, that's going to be adding pieces, feeding my energy bucket. And as I fill the energy bucket, I just have more to give. Beautiful. I love that. That is so, uh, that's such a good way to wrap up everything we've talked about. Finding something that you're passionate about that feeds you, that nourishes you, that you can incorporate a small amount every day, and then that's going to feed your container. It's going to allow you to be consistent and persistent and have that perseverance, remembering your resiliency and your wholeness so that you can get to where you want to be and feel in alignment with your true nature and your your true essence, your soul essence. I love that. And so one thing that we do every podcast is we offer a little tool for the audience. And so I would love, Jimmy, for you to offer something for our audience today, a little something that we can practice right now and then people maybe can listen to again or they can um, incorporate that into their daily life. Oh, I think an easy exercise would be a, br a colorful breath exercise where you imagine a color to your breath. So what I like to do is I like to have one hand at my heart, another hand at the top of my head, connecting the mind to the heart, the mind to body literally. And I will push into my heart and head with a firm pressure, not hard, but just a firm pressure so I can really feel it. Then I'll imagine a color to my breath. As I imagine a color, the color doesn't matter. It can be whatever color comes to mind. But that colorful breath enters my nose, into my chest, filling my entire torso with breath color. And with every breath I take, I imagine more of that color filling my lungs, filling the chest filling the whole torso. And when I feel like my torso is filled with energy color, I can imagine the color now moving in my body. Just taking a moment to breathe softly. As I breathe softly, I can sense where does this color want to mingle? Does it move into the arms, move into the legs, move up the spine? You don't have to guide it. It simply mingles wherever it needs to go. 
And as we are breathing softly, we might feel that connection, heart to mind, ever stronger. As we feel the energy color move through our body as wind moves. Ah, how did that feel, Sarah? Oh, that's wonderful. I appreciate that. Such a good technique that our audience members and we can do every day. And what's interesting is you can take as much or little time as you want with that. And I love that there's no force on what you have to have the color. For me, I saw that the color of breath was red at first. And then when you said that we could invite in a color that that felt good for us, it turned to blue. So it was almost like everything felt red. And, and a lot of people, um, like I mentioned before, know that I've been sick this past week. And so everything kind of felt red and down. And then that blue felt like a refreshing rejuvenation almost of like, oh, we can have something new energy in this place where it felt stuck and, 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 you know, congested. And so there can be new life, new vitality. Indeed, indeed. I love that with a chakra alignment. I teach chakra alignment at times. As I teach chakra work, I with this exercise especially, I'll teach that the first color to come to mind is has represents the chakra that is most in need of attention, at least on a conscious level. If it changes, we start recognizing that the color that your subconscious mind wants to focus on is coming to the forefront now. So sometimes the color changes, sometimes it doesn't. Please know if the color changes, your subconscious mind is trying to speak to you. If it doesn't change, then it seems like your conscious and subconscious are in agreement. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that little tidbit of knowledge. That's so interesting. And that's so important to kind of like, uh, just be curious about like what the changes are. And that reminds me, actually, I'm a polarity practitioner. And that reminds me that every each one of the chakras also has an elemental feature to it. And so a lot of times in polarity, we'll have one element that will resource the other. So if you have a root chakra that needs help and healing, you can have one of the other chakras or one of the other elements resource that chakra to help heal it, to be like, okay, we're going to help you out in this area and help you to feel more in balance and alignment. So I love that to be curious about how the colors change with our conscious and subconscious mind. Indeed. I'll be teaching a chakra alignment class on Friday mornings beginning in August. So if that's of interest to anyone, I'd be happy to delve into that deeper. Ooh, I love that. That's so awesome. And if anybody wants to check out Jimmy's website, there's so many really cool continuing education classes. I saw that there's going to be a pediatric cranial sacral class coming up. That's really awesome. There's going to be um, a massage class for, for back pain, and that's going to be coming up this week. So if you're interested in that, the website is w www.advancedmassagece.com, CE as in continuing education, or you can check out his Facebook page, Advanced Massage Arts and Education. And so I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jimmy. I really appreciate you. And I, I really honor and value the life experience that you've brought to this and the knowledge and um, the compassion that you've brought to this as well. 
Well, Sarah, I want to say thank you so much. And thank you for our listeners as well today. I know the information, I hope it was inspiring. I hope there was one little tidbit you could grab onto and say, I'm going to focus on just this for this week. And maybe you'll re-listen to this this next week. Re-listen. I hope... I encourage people to listen to these episodes every week to see is there one key piece, one small piece. Uh, even I love what you said, Sarah, about stepping in the grass for five minutes, being connected with Mother Earth through the tozy wozies, things like that. Is there one thing I can try this week? Because we shared a lot of ideas, but we don't have to try them all. Just try one and see what works well. If it doesn't work that great, hey, there's always more we can try. Beautiful. Yes, I love that. Definitely. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. Thank you for everyone for being compassionate and loving and kind to yourself as you try these little things to help with your persistence and your perseverance. We'd love to hear from you in our audience and your experience with perseverance. How have you overcome your challenges? Are there certain tools and techniques that have helped you overcome in your life or things that you've found that nourish you? We'd love for you to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You can even email us at freedomunfolding at gmail.com and just reach out and connect and we appreciate you. There are um, podcasts every Thursday at 3.33 Arizona time. So join our community to find your truth, find your voice, and find your freedom. This is Freedom Unfolding. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week.